What's up, guys? Max here back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all doing great out there, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a magical day. It's Wednesday out here in Okinawa. It's hump day, it's leg day, and it's Marine Corps ball day for me going there tonight. And I'm going to let you guys know all about it tomorrow. Let me see what's up to everybody in the chat. R. Kunkel, Tommy DeVries, DeVries. Oh, geez, I totally forgot. It's been a while. It's been a while, man. Eviana, Harry Lime Pie, Ed Corporal. Uh, Sam, if I didn't say that, Alex, we've got John, Ed, we've got, uh, let's see, Green Block, we've got Mud Rock, MC, everybody, if I missed you there, what's up? It's great to see everybody in the chat because we have an awesome episode today. First off, let me hit you guys with the classic about yesterday. So about yesterday, thanks everybody for watching my, uh, my video on what's going on in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And thanks everybody for the thoughtful comments. Somebody, I got some comments that were like eight paragraphs long. And I want to take a minute to reply to those. So I, I come up with complete thoughts, but I really appreciate the engaging dialogue on those. Thanks everybody for checking that. Only a couple people comment some really ridiculous stuff, which is great. Love that. Larry, what's up? Moonstruck, what's up? My name is Max. So I hope that that's the... Uh, I hope you got, you got it right. My name is Max Moonstruck. That's correct. Um, this morning, if you tune in to watch me play Halo, I apologize. I don't know why that did not work. Uh, kind of odd. But it's a free multiplayer beta right now, so everything should be fine. As time goes on, um, I hope that they get better with that and we can stream more Halo Infinite. Um, it, it'll, be, it'll be fun. It'll be cool. Corporal says, when I posed a new question, which if you had to run 246 miles in two days to get a year off of duty, would you do it? And I said that to John and Corporal said, I take 246 duty days versus running. And that's pretty funny. Some people out there just don't like running. I saw some army guys out at the gym this morning doing some PT and it was, uh, they looked like they needed to get their running on too. And like I said, I always see the Air Force in there doing their PT and they need to really get moving if they want to get uh, in shape. So hope that they're doing good. We've got some cool stories for you guys today. We've got some stuff about the Oklahoma National Guard and update on that that we're going to kick it off with. We've got a colonel who, uh, you know, we've got to we've got to talk about it. It's an, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. We've got Navy messing up. We've got Iran messing up. We've got Air Force doing it right, luckily. So we've got something good to talk about. And we're going to get into all of that. We have lots of stuff to talk about. Recon, what's up? I haven't tuned in a while, but honestly, I need some more Scuttlebutt show in my afternoon. Well, Recon, welcome back. It's great to have you because we're about to kick this episode off with a cool update to a story we covered earlier this week. Or maybe it was last week. Pentagon threatens Oklahoma National Guard, says it can force them to comply with Biden's vaccine mandate. So as the adjutant general from Oklahoma said, he's going to ixnay kicking people out over COVID mandates. The Pentagon says, no, 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 we're going to override that one. So I did say I was curious on how this is all going to play out and the Title 10, Title 32 stuff on where the National Guard falls under whose jurisdiction and all this stuff. On Monday, the Department of Defense publicly addressed Oklahoma's move to reject the COVID-19 vaccine mandate for its National Guard troops, asserting that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has the authority to require these vaccines for all members of the force. Brigadier General Thomas Mancino of the Oklahoma National Guard defied the Pentagon's vaccine mandate, advising troops that they would not be penalized or punished for choosing not to take the vaccine. It's interesting, you know, like we said uh, last week or whenever we talked about this, that the general would take this stance to defy the order because if it is in fact a lawful order and a general defies issuing the lawful order, they should 100 percent 
get relieved of duty. If they're going to take that stance that they're going to defy a lawful order from their chain of command, and then they get fired for it, relieved of duty, that'd be the right thing to do, frankly. I mean, and we think, I kind of think we all know that that's the case. And we've come up against this issue a few times on the show recently with the Air Force. Uh, was it, was she a colonel as well? A one star in the, in the Air Force from the nurse uh, corps who also def- was going to defy the vaccine mandate order and she was relieved of duty. So that's what they're going to have to do. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby told reporters on Monday that Secretary Austin, and if you guys, it's interesting, if you guys go back and watch my old Lloyd Austin video from a year ago, you'll see that I I, I tried to explain what the problem with him was when he worked under uh, Obama, and then he comes in and disaster in Afghanistan. And so I think we all got what we were expecting with him. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby told reporters Monday that Secretary Austin has the authority to establish readiness requirements for all members of the Department of Defense, and that includes the National Guard, but said he didn't want to hypothesize about the potential outcomes relating to the National Guard's refusal to apply the mandate. Kirby said Austin believes vaccinated force is a more ready force, noting that because the National Guard troops still receive federal funding, the defense secretary has those authorities. It's interesting. It always comes down to money, right? It always comes down to money. It's always about the budget. It's always about the bottom line. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about money today because everything in the government revolves around money, which is so funny because they have all of it in theory. They have literally control over all of the money in the United States economy. They can do whatever they want with it. So they live and die by money, although nobody ever holds them to account for how they waste it. We're going to get into all of that. Um, let's see what's going on in the chat here. Let's see. Let's see. I love running. John says something the army doesn't like as a whole. Most I knew would rather buff it out in the gym. Absolutely. I know a lot of guys who can bench all day and bicep curl all day, but ask them to go for a run and they'll whine and moan the entire time. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Arkunkel Semper Fi Recon. That's what's up. Let's see. Eric said, I don't agree with him, but that general has balls. It's an interesting stance to take. It's a very interesting stance to take for the general there, especially being a general. You know, we're going to we talk about how high ranking officers, not me necessarily. I kind I don't think that I do this, but a lot of people talk about high ranking officers are are all people will say all. You know, I don't like to use words like all, but they'll say all officers, uh, high ranking officers are puppets to the politicians, you know, but then you have some who dissent like this and then they'll have to deal with the repercussions if there are any, or maybe they'll inspire some humanity and compassion for everybody about to get kicked out. Like what I've been preaching on this show. How about some understanding for the families of these veterans and active, you know, active duty troops who are about to be getting kicked out because they don't feel like taking the vaccine when there are doctors out there speaking out against it. I think that there's a major gap in the visualization and understanding of the humanity of people just because they disagree with your philosophy on things. So that's a problem for sure. Sam says civilian gloves, $25 government gloves with less quality, $500. Sam, I need to pin that comment. If I can, if I can pin this comment, because we are going to talk about this again later. I pinned it, whatever that means, whatever I did, we're going to talk about that again later. I'm bringing the gloves from the Dollar General, Arkunkel says. How about some accountability? Wait, did someone already say that? Accountability would be great. We're going to talk about accountability on this episode. It's going to be amazing. But how about some accountability for breaking airspace? We've got Iranian Navy helicopter flies within 25 yards of the USS Essex. 
So let's talk about what it means to break the airspace of this amphib ship. So we've got an Iranian Navy helicopter on Thursday flew within 25 yards of the USS Essex, which was cruising through international waters in the Gulf of Oman, Chief Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said Monday. The state-owned helicopter flew close to the ship's port side and at one point as low as about 10 feet off the surface of the ocean. We've got video to show you guys here in a second. The helicopter circled the 820-foot-long ship three times before leaving. The Essex is a WASP-class amphibious assault ship. Another example of one of these ships is the Bonham Richard. Rest in peace, RIP to the Bonham Richard. That sailor who burnt the Bonham Richard down, their uh, trial just got delayed until December. So we're still waiting to see if their court, what's going to be the outcome of their court-martial. But these ships, if you guys don't know, these amphibs, their purpose is to effectively move Marines. An entire MU can fit, a Marine Expeditionary Unit can fit on one of these ships and deploy anywhere in the world on board one of these. They can deliver Marines and aircraft and Marines via aircraft to pretty much anywhere in the world. So you've got on one of these deployments, if you've been on one of these ships, you'll typically have an entire crew of sailors. Then you'll have a Navy air wing consisting of a, one big component of that's helicopters providing uh, security for the ship, flying around, man overboard, search and rescue, and mail, and logistics, and all that stuff. And then you'll have a bunch of Marine Corps aircraft waiting to transport Marines to anywhere in the world. And here you've got an Iranian helo buzzing the tower, so to speak, on the, on the Essex here. Without getting into specifics, the crew of the Essex took the appropriate force protection measures, Force Pro, probably went to battle stations, general quarters, that they felt they needed to and act, and they acted in accordance with international law, Kirby said. There was no impact ultimately to the Essex's transit or its operations, but that doesn't mean this wasn't an unsafe and unprofessional act. Kirby also called the incident dangerous because U.S. ship commanders have the right of self-defense. Basically, what they're saying is they could have been more kinetic and maybe uh, shot this helo down. When you have another armed force, in this case, the Iranian Navy, which if you remember only, I think less than 10 years ago, they took that one small boat crew uh, hostage and captured them and made them make a statement. And that one guy was wearing white socks. Do you remember that? In this case, the Iranian Navy that flies like this, you definitely run the risk of some sort of escalation and a miscalculation on either side here. And that's not helpful, he said. This one ended peacefully, but it doesn't mean it was safe and professional. It absolutely wasn't. Tensions between the U.S. and Iran are longstanding, and incidents like Thursdays are not uncommon. In April and May, the U.S. fired warning shots to warn off Iranian Revolutionary Guard vessels that approached the Navy and Coast Guard ships. Iranian officials have not said why the helicopter flew so close to the Essex. Interesting about this story. The Iranian helicopter crew posted video from their cell phone from inside of the helo to Twitter and I have that video for you guys right here. So let's watch this really quick and you can see it from their perspective. It's kind of interesting. So they're flying up here. That's the Essex on screen in the distance there. And we're looking at the cockpit of a helicopter. All, you know, old school analog instruments in that helo. It's a good sign for us against the rant. And look at that, they're flying just above the water. Right up, right at the waterline of the ship as they fly around it. And we're going to get another angle here. As they slowly pass over the flight deck there. And they're looking at the island. Looking at a 60 there for Justin. Marine Corps aircraft there. 
All right, and that's that video. So let me tell you guys a little something about this, my thoughts on this. If it was me and I was that ship captain, the skipper, and you have to decide what to do there, here's what it would come down to for me. Are they creating a safety of flight issue? So you've got, an, and those aircraft, like the Essex, an aircraft carrier, have airspace, an airspace bubble. Imagine them as a floating airport, okay? You're entering without permission an airport. Look at it that way. And you could, because you're not listening to that radio traffic, you know, you're not on those frequencies, you may or may not understand the language and terminology that they're using, you could fly right in the flight path of another aircraft that's trying to land or, you know, maybe they're bingo fuel or something like that and create a serious safety issue for the crew of the aircraft and for the Essex. And if it was that case, might be warning shot time. Might be warning shot time. I don't know. If it was, if it was me and I had the capability to give some warning shots, if, they're, if they already did some call outs and then, you know, nothing's happening and that is that aircraft, that helicopter is still right there next to the Essex, and I've got air crew in the sky around there, and it's a safety of flight issue, might send some warning shots. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments what you guys think about that, but that's kind of sketch to me. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have been... I wouldn't have been surprised if they did more. I don't think you could really hold it against them if they did more, considering that that's an aircraft entering, violating the airspace of a floating airport, a floating military airport. That's how I look at this, and I think that's the way to look at it. Uh, so it's good that nothing happened there. The Iranian helo flew away. Uh, it was an incident. I'm sure there's plenty of reporting up to the Pentagon about that. Interestingly, if you ask the crew of the ship, the Essex, what was that like? They probably have a whole different story about it. They'd be like, oh, here's how it went down, this, this, and that. Nobody will ever hear about this, what the ship did. But that's how it's supposed to be because that's what's called OPSEC. So it's probably good. They probably went to River City, shut down comms after an incident like that for a little while so that people couldn't Facebook post it or whatever. And then everybody moves on with their lives. And the, and the tears of the government that handle that kind of thing can take it over. So that's probably good. What's going on in the chat here? Green Block, thank you for a $2 super chat. Please do a, a back double bicep flex. You know what? Maybe I'll do it tomorrow because tomorrow's shoulder day and today was leg day and so I don't have the pump. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm non-pumped right now, so I don't want to uh, issue a, a, a less than ideal flex. So let me get the pump first. Let's see. Oh, great. This will go well. Bricktown says, what's up, Bricktown? Very nice to have you in the chat today. 25 yards, Arkonko said they should have thrown rocks. Sam I.M. says, if Iranians want U.S. Navy SEALs to seize their ship, then that's it. You want Navy SEALs? Because this is how you get Navy SEALs. Iran did that on my deployment. Yep, we, we've seen some stuff like that from Iran many times. Let's see. A moment of thought, please, for all those Marines lost on an amphib ship just trying to find the head. <laughs> a, moment, a moment of silence for Marines who were never seen again after going to find something to eat on the ship. All right. Thank you for having that with me. Where the hell was Maverick Airline Pie? Let's see. Um, the pilot wants to get shot down. Yeah, they're risking it. Have you ever heard of Kamikaze? You mean like uh, the Japanese planes? He has a death wish. Ancient Neophyte, what's up? They could hit it with water hoses. Yep. And they probably could hit it with shot lines and all kinds of other fun stuff. Water balloon slingshots. They probably have all that stuff. I remember shooting water balloons back and forth when we were doing unrep with different ships when we were on the on the uh, USNS bridge doing vert rep and underway replenishment, and it was pretty fun. I got hit by a shot line one time out of one of those shot line guns, clipped me in the stomach, left a little bruise. It was, uh, it was a good shot by the other ship. Let's say, Arkonko, can you say Sea Whiz? 
Yep, nice. If it's Seawiz, you, you don't warn the shot with the Seawiz, you just hit everything. Um, guys, you know this about me, probably by now, that I love, love movies. I love movies. I'm a movie fanatic. I'm a movie buff. I'm a passionate, movie-loving person. I even make films. Get all my filming equipment that I used to make this channel. I love movies, and I love when we can talk about military movies. We just had the story on Monday about how Channing Tatum and Tom Hardy are already making the Afghanistan withdrawal movie, already in, 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 in the process of pre-production. But I want to let you guys know about this one. To keep this one on your radars, it sounds really cool. I, I, I'm going to start building the hype about this. Samuel Goldwyn film, Nab's War Pick, Foxhole. So Samuel Goldwyn bought the movie Foxhole for distribution. Samuel Goldwyn Films has acquired the North American rights to Jack Fessenden's war film. I probably said that wrong. Jack Fessenden war film Foxhole after a world premiere at Oldenburg. The drama, which stars Motel Jin Foster, cool name, Alex Hurt, cool name also, and Cody Costro, three cool names, over a span of 36 hours, captures Americans in three separate wars. The U.S. Civil War, World War I, and the Iraq War. Foxhole follows a small group of soldiers trapped in a confined space as they grapple with mortality, futility, and volatile combat. The movie casts the same five actors in each of the three wars as the film captures changing roles of race and gender with each conflict. The ensemble cast for Foxhole includes Angus O'Brien, Andy Matichak, Alex Bro, and James LaGrosse. I wish my last name was Bro. Bielberg Entertainment, Bleel, Blee, Blyberg? Blyberg Entertainment acquired the international rights to the follow-up feature to Fessenden's Stray Bullets. So he's got another movie called Stray Bullets. It says, I am thrilled that Fox will reach its audience through Samuel Goldwyn and Blyberg Entertainment. The film has been my passion for many years, and I could not be more excited to share it with the world. In its Oldenburg Festival review, The Hollywood Reporter said of Foxhole, Fessenden directs and edits tense dialogue sequences with skill as the film rises to the heights of its ambitions. Foxhole was produced by Fessenden's father and genre fixture, Larry Fessenden. I don't know who these people are by name, but they sound legit. Through his New York-based indie shingle, Glass Eye Picks, along with Adam Share of Nose Entertainment, the producer credits are shared by James Felix McKinney and Chris Ingridson. Negotiations for the filmmakers were handled by Jerry Dasty and Mel Pooted. So what, what it says about this film in my other research about it, Basically, you've got three scenarios, the Civil War, World War I, and the Iraq War, where these five characters are time jumping, and there's different, pe there's different backgrounds, so different people of different races and genders, and in the different versions, they tackle what it would have been like to be a black man in the Civil War versus the Iraq War, or a woman during World War I versus during the Civil War versus the Iraq War. And these five, these primary characters interact while they're trapped under fire. And that sounds really interesting to me. Super interesting, actually. I can't wait to see this. I'm thinking maybe I will write the, the production company, the distributor, whoever is in charge of this film and see if I can get one of those, you know, uh, review pre-screens and get you guys out a review for this before it comes out on distribution. But it sounds very cool. It's a very cool concept to see the same people, but imagining how they'd be different if they were born in different times, but all faced war together and a humanity around that. Very interesting. 
Very interesting, I think. So that one's probably going to be pretty cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited to check that out. That one sounds fun. What do you guys think? You're going to check that out? Let me know. Leave a comment. Excited to check it out or I'll pass. Save my popcorn money for another one. By the way, seconds before this show started, I caught the new Spider-Man trailer. Have you guys seen that? I had goosebumps. My spidey senses were tingling. I cannot wait for the new Spider-Man. I hope you guys are excited for that one too. Let's see. Gotta check it out. Wow. Neat. I don't find movies entertaining, but I'll be watching that. I like that concept. Yes, Mudrock. Absolutely. Let's see. Excited to check it out. MC says, Eric says, this sounds fascinating. Excited to check it out. Yep. Sounds good. Nugget says, what's up? Nuggets. Ancient Neophyte. Good. Ed. Wow. Corporal too soon uh, for the Afghanistan withdrawal movie. Absolutely too soon for sure. But it probably won't be coming out until 2023, 2024. I think uh, we've talked about this um, We've talked about this guy before. This will not be our first time talking about this story, but there is an update to it, and I do want to, I do want to talk about that because this is—it's so interesting. This is so interesting to me. So, we've got MC a ninety-nine cent super chat for popcorn. Absolutely, Green Block. What aftershave do you use? I don't use any aftershave, but if I did, it would uh, probably be by Axe because I use Axe soap and Axe deodorant, and not Axe body spray. I want to be clear. I want to be as clear as I can. I do not wear Axe body spray. But I've had good results with their soap and deodorant. So if they made an aftershave, I might try it out. Maybe they do. I don't know. I've got the Marine Corps ball today. So maybe I would pop on some aftershave before that. I am thinking about shaving and getting my baby face going for the ball. We've got a... So this story, so interesting, you guys. So interesting. I'll let the article speak for itself. Okay, this is crazy. We've got Navy officer guilty of hiding ties to Chinese businessman. This is another one of those security clearance violations that you just cannot play around with. A Florida-based U.S. Navy flight officer has been convicted of buying guns for a Chinese businessman who was later convicted of export crimes. That's pretty serious. This guy's like Nicolas Cage in Lord of War over here. Lieutenant Fan Yang, 36, the same age as me, but if you look at him, we don't look the same age. He looks old as hell. It must be the the treason must age you, I guess. So Yang was found guilty Friday in Jacksonville Federal Court of conspiring to violate U.S. firearms laws, making false written statements to federally licensed firearms dealers during the purchase of two firearms and making false written statements as part of a security clearance background investigation. According to court records, there's one of the worst things you can do, and this is my my preaching to the future military, or maybe you're in the military and you haven't gotten your security clearance yet. Better to tell the truth about something bad on your security clearance and then get denied a security clearance than to lie about something not even that bad. If you lie about something minor, but you lie you're going to be in far worse trouble than admitting to something and then not getting your security clearance. If there's something in your past that you are, that you fear being honest about on a security clearance application, don't try to get a job that requires a security clearance. Do yourself a favor, just avoid it altogether. That's your mistake. You have to live with it, but just avoid the security clearance, the SF86, the eQuip website, OPM, 
Office of Personnel Management, the background investigator who shows up with the briefcase and notepad to a Starbucks near you to ask you all the questions about your personal life. Just don't do it. Just do not do it because lying on your security clearance is a surefire way to get in serious major trouble. He faces up to 30 years in prison. 30 years. Before becoming a commissioned naval officer, Yang formed a relationship online with Ji Songtao, a citizen of the People's Republic of China, according to an indictment. They eventually met in person in 2013 while Yang was in Navy flight training in Pensacola. In 2016, while Yang was stationed in Jacksonville, Yang recommended that Ji Songtao hire Yang's wife, Yang Yang. Damn. Damn, man. Your wife's name is Yang Yang? You marry, it's like if it, what's the, uh, I just saw a meme on Instagram where somebody named like Jordan Taylor married a girl named like Taylor Smith. And so she became Taylor Taylor. That's just not a good marriage situation for, to have the same first and last name. So had to hire Yang Yang at Ji Songtao's China-based company, Shanghai Breeze Technology. That company purchased maritime equipment in the U.S. that was designed for law enforcement and military missions and exported it to China. Yang Yang received more than $300,000 in payments from Shanghai Breeze, its creditors, and Ji Songtao's executive assistant and co-defendant Zhang Yan. Prosecutor said the money was used to pay Yang to pay Yang Yang's salary, Shanghai Breeze expenses in the U.S., and for goods that Ji Songtao ordered the Yangs to purchase. The funds were frequently routed through the Yang's family business, BQ Tree LLC. Must be. Uh, an alternative spelling of bull crap tree LLC in 2017. And again, in 2018, Fan Yang purchased two handguns uh, for, for G who later reimbursed the Naval officer. In both cases, investigators said Fan Yang completed a firearms transaction record where he falsely represented that he was purchasing the firearm for himself and then transferred over to, or sent it over to G. I, uh, handguns, handguns, that's a shame. That's not even worth it, man. Although Ji Songtao employed Yang's wife, he had been to the Yang's home and had paid for Yang to travel and visit him. Prosecutors said Fan Yang consistently hid their relationship from the Navy while assigned. At, you know what's funny about this? You have a passport. You travel internationally. When you go for your security clearance, you have to talk about international travel. They would have asked him, why did you go to China? And he would have to explain it, which means he's just lying more and more and more and more. And it becomes this web of lies that you just cannot keep up with. While assigned as an instructor in 2019 at the Maritime Patrol and Reconnaissance Weapons School in Jacksonville, Yang completed and signed a background questionnaire as part of his renewal of his top secret. And he has a top secret clearance, which means his investigation is going to be even more thorough. And he knows that. That questionnaire required the disclosure of any closer continuing contact with foreign nationals. Investigators said Yang failed to disclose the extent of his contact with Xi and hid that he maintained a bank account in China. Number, let me tell you guys, the number one thing. The number one, you could be a, a criminal. You could be a violent offender and you have a better chance of getting a security clearance than if you have financial crimes problems or financial issues. The number one thing that they reject or revoke security clearances for, in my experience, financial issues, financial insecurity, massive debt, international financial interests. The reason being, that if you are financially struggling in financial crisis and then a foreign adversary or somebody with malicious intent towards the United States comes to you and says, I've got money, I just need the specs on that nuclear submarine, then you're probably more likely 
to be coerced through money than anything else. That's that's the main thing that they seem to always be looking out for on security clearances. So that's crazy. GE pled guilty last year to several charges related to trying to buy and ship inflatable military boats from the U.S. to China. He was sentenced in July to three years and six months in U.S. federal prison. Uh, Zhang Yan and Yang Yang also pled guilty to charges related to the scheme and were sentenced to time served, so they're out of jail. But um, the pilot here could be facing um, 30 years in jail. Fan Yang, up to 30 years in jail. Not worth it, man. Not worth it. That's crazy. 30 years. Nothing could be worth it. Nothing could be worth 30 years. So Marcy Darcy Bricktown says, oh my God, married with children, Al Bundy's neighbor, Marcy Darcy, her husband Jefferson, great reference Bricktown. I love that. Let's see. You know, a dry shaving in the cold and then the wounds get exposed to CS gas is the pinnacle of my infantry experience, Sam said. Oh yeah, shaving uh, out in the field is garbage. Garbage. So, you know, I, 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 I'm going to segue into our next story. And this is where I, uh, I pinned Sam's comment up at the top there. Civilian gloves, $25. Government gloves, same gloves, $500. It's so true. It's so true. Elon Musk. Okay. Let's, let's just take a quick detour here. I just want to talk to you guys for a minute about Elon Musk, a man who so many people I know consider to be inspirational. So many people I know. I personally don't know about all the hype around Elon Musk. I don't know. I'm not as energized by Elon Musk. But people have these this like obsession with Elon Musk and how he thinks and how he views the world. He wants to take people off Earth, colonize other planets. He wants to replace everyone's vehicle with an electric vehicle. He wants to put batteries in the wall of your home. He wants to send people to space. He wants to give you a flamethrower to party with on the weekends. And one of the most important inventions that he has ever made, in my opinion, the Starlink satellite internet for everyone all around the world. Recently, people have been giving Elon Musk in my opinion, undue criticism. Reason being, his accumulation of wealth. Worth, the most wealthy person in the world, worth over $300 billion, something like that. Of course, any reasonable person understands that he doesn't have three, a bank account with $300 billion in it. You're talking about his compiled assets and interests, right? But he's been in so much you know, underwater with criticism for the last few years, including recently from a lot of, uh, you know, maybe you would say liberal thinkers on his on his wealth. And he got into it with Bernie Sanders. This is where this comes from, saying, I forgot you were even alive, Bernie Sanders, which is a savage burn or a really insulting and disrespectful thing to say. I can definitely see that both ways, depending on how you take a joke or or if he means it, that's really bad, I think. Let me tell you guys something here before we get into the next story. All right, Elon Musk. There is the Joe Biden infrastructure plan, okay? The Joe Biden infrastructure plan, which just got signed for 
Oh, Corporal, great point. Neuralink wanted to put computer chips in your brain, right? He's every everything. The guy's doing everything. He, he's uh, definitely working on some crazy stuff. The Joe Biden infrastructure plan, which, among other things, has been touted as looking to provide internet for rural Americans. Internet access. Nobody, nobody ever has done anything as revolutionary for personal internet as what Elon Musk is doing with Starlink. Right now, you can buy a Starlink system from Starlink and they'll ship it out to you. You put it in your house, you plug it in, you point a, a dish into, the, into outer space or whatever space, whatever part of space it is, we were just talking about this, and then get high-speed streaming internet from anywhere in the world. They're saying you could put it in a boat on the ocean next year and have high-speed internet. And with any number of nodes, and everyone's unique, not connected to a network on the ground at all. You have a dish on your roof or outside, and you have internet in your house. You can put on a roof of a truck, all of that, okay? Here's the part that gets me. Here's the part that grinds my gears. The government could never do this as well as Elon Musk can. But they want to cripple the wealthy. That's what they want. They want tax the wealthy, pay your fair share. What they're really saying is nobody should be able to become rich, this rich. But what are they doing with it? Elon Musk is someone who could do so much more for people than the government ever could. The government is a black hole for money. It is fraud, waste, and abuse all day. And anybody who has this idea that the solution to any problems we face in the world is to give any government more money is psychotic. I've got to say it, psychotic. It's got to be the definition of lunacy to suggest that the government who invents money needs more of what people, any person has earned to accomplish anything, especially when you look at the way that the government wastes money and loses it through this weird process of hiring and contracting and money distribution and pitching contracts and then making everybody rich along the way through this tiered step-down contract system where one company gets the money, they keep a little bit of it, then another company gets the money and they keep a little bit of it, then another company gets the money and they keep a little bit of it until eventually somebody gets a little bit of money to do the actual job needed and the rest gets lost in the shuffle. That's exactly how every government contract works. Here's an example. Marine veteran pleads guilty to $2 million fraud scheme involving bogus rescue ops. Here's someone just taking money from the government, you know, embezzling it, laundering it over with fraudulent claims. The military, the government, they just, it goes back to Smedley Butler and it has never changed since. The way that the government just hemorrhages and wastes money. A Montana man who claimed he was a former CIA agent and force reconnaissance Marine conducting off-the-books rescue operations pled guilty November 10th to wire fraud, tax evasion, and money laundering after defrauding another man of more than $2 million. That's from U.S. Attorney Leif Johnson in the District of Montana. Matthew Anthony Marshall, 51, of Whitefish, Montana, 
faces up to 20 years in prison, a $250,000 fine, and three years of supervised release for wire fraud, the most serious charge against him. He will also be ordered to pay restitution, totaling at least $3 million, which he will never pay, by the way. And we, um, I think everybody understands that, right? He will never pay this money back ever. The purpose of this is to basically put a lien against any money he makes in the future that it all belongs to the government effectively. According to court documents, Marshall allegedly began working for the victim identified as John Doe in Montana 2013, during which Marshall convinced the man he was a former CIA agent and force recon Marine who had conducted covert operations around the world. However, Marshall had no affiliation with the CIA and had never served with the elite reconnaissance unit while in the Marine Corps. According to the press release, Marshall had served in the Marine Corps Reserve, but received an other than honorable discharge in 1999 after missing more than 80 inactive duty training events. 80? <laughs> That's insane. Marshall allegedly asked Doe if he would fund off-the-book CIA-backed missions, stating he would lead assault teams on rescue missions abroad. For the first mission, purportedly a paramilitary operation in Mexico, Marshall let Doe wire him $400,000 in April 2013. Doe allegedly made at least six different wire transactions to Marshall between 2013 and 2016, totaling $2.3 million. None of the money Marshall received was for any good missions in Mexico or elsewhere. Instead, Marshall allegedly used the money on gifts for family and friends on personal expenses. He additionally failed to report any of the money he received on his tax returns. That's crazy. $350,000 in tax evasion. According to the press release, jeez, oh, $350,000 in tax evasion. Oh, my God. According to the press release, a plea agreement filed in the case calls for eight counts against Marshall to be dismissed. At sentencing, the prosecution is requesting $2.3 million restitution for wire fraud, $900,000 for tax evasion committed from 2013 to 2016. U.S. District Judge, Judge Donald Malloy will determine Marshall's sentence March 3rd, 2022. Assistant U.S. Attorneys Jim Rasica and Ryan Weldon are prosecuting the case. Investigation was conducted by the IRS's Criminal Investigation Unit and the FBI. Oh, my gosh. This is, you know... This guy comes from the military, kicked out, defrauding people of $3 million. This is like, if you look at how, if, if you look at how people from the military use and waste money, this is not exactly related to like the government wasting money, but it inspired this thought I had about Elon Musk. It is, it, there's countless, if you ever, if you're ever in the military, Sam's gloves, a perfect example of in the civilian world, those gloves cost $25. In the government world, they cost $500. You know why the government paid more? Because they gave that money to a bunch of people. And who ends up paying for it? The Marine. The Marine ends up paying for it. Just like the way that the government spends all that other money. So, you know, everybody out there hating on Elon Musk, even though I'm not obsessed with Elon Musk, while well, a lot of people are, if the government wants to get internet out to, to rural communities, they should be giving Elon Musk money so that he can spend it on Neuralink. I mean, not Neuralink. That's another interesting story. On Starlink. The guy's linking everything. I bet I bet soon you'll have a Neuralink connected to a Starlink, and you can just be in the Matrix. 100% in the Matrix. Let's see. What's going on in the chat here? What's going on in the chat here? Um, we've got... I wish I could copy and paste off my phone. The Economist has a great article regarding the gaps in American tax system. Sounds like a dry read, doesn't it? It's always interesting how people take on that stuff, but... It's, uh, I don't know. I feel like if you ever, if people who criticize wealthy people, oh, here's, a, here's the problem. People who criticize the wealthy tend to also want to inflate the wealth of the government, which is 
the dumbest thing I think anybody could ever do. Wanting to surrender your, your financial freedom to the government in the hopes that they'll do a better job is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. First of all, just for starters, the government's not where the smartest people work. <laughs> How are we even starting that conversation in a serious way? The smartest people work in the private sector. Not everyone in the government's dumb by a, by a long shot, but the smartest, the absolute smartest people out there aren't working for the government, they're working for the private sector. So do you really want to give your money to the government in the hopes that they're going to do a better job than the private sector? They're, they just aren't, and they, they aren't about to start either. I don't understand it. Give Elon Musk a break, man. Let him, he needs to catch a break. All right, guys. We've come to the point in the show where it's time to talk about our headline story. What's up, Nikki MGTV? You're here just in time for our headline story. Dumpster fire colonel. Yesterday we had bathtub baby, and today we have dumpster fire colonel. This is absolutely an outrage. Absolutely a complete and total outrage. And if you're not outraged by this, I don't know what to tell you. And this is going to ring the bell, the memory bell, for an old story, and we're going to talk about that too. But just take a seat if you're standing this one's going to get the chat going. Colonel punished for shoplifting shoes at the Kuwait PX. Shoplifting shoes. And wait till you hear how he did it. They say that theft is a crime of opportunity. It is definitely not a crime of passion. It's definitely not a, and it's definitely not a, 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 uh, a not thought out thing like to, to shoplift you have to decide you're going to do it you're scoping security you're looking around for cameras nobody just you know shoplifts they're not unless they're a kleptomaniac they think about how they're going to get out of there so this person actually is such a piece of trash that they had this whole plan to steal a pair of shoes and they're a colonel in kuwait kuwait by the way not a real deployment a colonel deployed to Camp Arif John, Kuwait, received a formal reprimand in recent months after an inquiry found that he stole a pair of shoes from the post exchange. Army officials confirmed this is in fact true. The unnamed colonel, which I hope he gets named soon, received a permanent general officer's memorandum of reprimand, a.k.a. he's going to retire with full benefits. An administrative punishment often considered to be career ending, but who cares? He will just retire. The officer was assigned to the Army Reserve's 811th Hospital Center, which played a critical role in providing medical care to thousands of Afghan evacuees. Oh, poor guy. He must have walked holes in his shoes, so he had to steal a new pair. According to a military justice summary posted to Reddit, the senior officer pulled a classic shoplifting trick. He put on a new pair of shoes, put, placed his old shoes in the box, and then he put the box containing his old shoes on a shelf before walking out of the store. This guy is such a piece of trash, garbage dumpster fire, that he walked in to the exchange where military shops, it's in Kuwait, so it's not like people's families are shopping there, where the military shops for things that they need, one of the few escapes that people have over there is to go into the exchange where the air conditioning is popping in, where the air conditioning is popping, 
I said where the air conditioning is popping in, where the air conditioning is popping and cool off for a minute in the heat of Kuwait and go buy something nice for yourself, like a Xbox or a PlayStation or whatever. And he goes in there and he decides to browse for a pair of shoes, consciously take off the shoes that he's wearing, put them in there, all the meanwhile thinking to himself, man, it sure looked bad if a colonel got caught doing this, wouldn't it? Man, I... I guess I really don't care about E3s and E4s out there struggling with pov in poverty on food stamps. I need to steal shoes. It's not clear from the report or from a statement provided to Army Times by the 1st Theater Sustainment Command how far the colonel made it in his new shoes, nor is it clear how he was caught. Here's what's interesting. Sometimes you'll see this at commands where they put up the results of recent court martials or, or NJPs on the wall. So here it says, uh, larceny, just don't do it. They post it on their wall. A colonel was reprimanded for stealing a pair of sneakers from the Camp Arav John post exchange worth $45. The service member placed a pair of shoes he was wearing in a box and then wore the new pair out of the store without paying. The Gomar was filed permanently in the colonel's Army Military Human Resources Center. I'm going to uh, come back to this, by the way, in a minute. Army profession requires all soldiers to serve honorably, said Major Jessica Rivero, a spokesperson for First TSC. Reports of misconduct are investigated and adjudicated according to applicable laws and regulations. In this case, the officer committed misconduct and received a GOMAR. One thing is clear, the $45 shoes likely would have been covered by his paycheck. So they did some math here on Army Times. It says he could have bought 191 pairs of those sneakers with the lowest possible base pay a colonel can be receiving. So then they figured that uh, with pay and entitlements, he's probably making about $9,000 a month. $9,000 a month. And he could have purchased, uh, if he was making the most he could be making as a colonel, $19,000 a month, he could have bought 421 pairs of those shoes. I don't need to remind you guys of this gentleman here the South Korea-based Marine officer who stole a security camera from the exchange on Camp Humphreys and was convicted here on Camp Foster in Okinawa, who got no punishment at all. So a Marine Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Sam Lee, stealing from the exchange, he got no punishment at all. This Colonel, a letter of reprimand, and if you guys remember that last story, typical enlisted does this, booted. Booted out, blue line treatment. So long, see you later, have a nice day, enjoy your, your other than honorable discharge, your life is ruined, no veterans benefits, nothing, a colonel does it, full benefits, full retirement, a lifetime of prosperity and wealth, and this person, petty enough to steal a $45 pair of shoes, I guess we know who the real petty officer is in this story. It's not me, by the way, it's, it's the colonel, is what I'm getting at. This is so sick. This is so sick. Nikki MGTV in this chat says, can we get some accountability? Stu Scheller was on to something. We need to get Stu Scheller on, a, on his own talk show, The Accountability Squad, where he goes through and does like investigative journalism on stuff like this. You know what's interesting about this, though? Now that we've covered how, how much of a piece of crap this colonel is, how much of a walking piece of, of human trash this is, I wanted to point out to another recent uh, general officer memorandum of reprimand Gomar on this, on this uh, poster here. This was, uh, you know, there's an even more significant story here. If you look a little closer, the last one here, a first lieutenant, a first lieutenant was reprimanded for failure to intervene in sexual harassment committed by his NCOIC, who was also his roommate. 
excuse me? I just need a minute here to process this. A first lieutenant was reprimanded because he observed and did nothing when his NCOIC, non-commissioned officer in charge, in other words, his enlisted leader, was sexually harassing a junior specialist and they were roommates? An officer and enlisted were roommates? That's the definition of fraternization. The definition of fraternization is an undue relationship between officer and enlisted, especially, and it doesn't even have to be, but especially in the same chain of command, which it's hard to see an, a version of events in which their roommate relationship did not affect his decision to overlook the sexual harassment. It's, that's insane. I want to know more about this story. The first lieutenant witnessed his NCOIC giving a specialist an unwanted massage, and the same specialist reported to the NCOIC's harassing conduct and words, but the first lieutenant ignored this and denied knowing about it during a subsequent investigation. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I've never... This is worse. This might be worse than the dumpster fire colonel. We've got a dumpster delt class delta fire going on here with this first lieutenant. This is got to be one of the worst stories that I've heard in a long time. And I actually want to know more about this one. So we here have, we have two insane stories out of these Gomars that are beyond recovery or explanation. Both of these are horrible. And, and in my opinion, both should have jail time involved. For one, the shoplifting, lock them up. I say, I don't know if you can lock somebody up for $45 in accordance with the UCMJ, but if possible, I would, if it was me, if I was in charge, I would have locked this dude up for stealing. Secondly, uh, I would have locked up the first lieutenant here for dereliction of duty and lying during an official investigation, uh, obstruction of justice, if that's possible. I'm not, a, I'm not a lawyer. I'm C-lawyering it. But if that's possible, that's what I would have done. I want to know your guys' thoughts in the comments down below. So please let me know. That is bananas. By the way, guys, I know Nikki MGTV is watching right now. Today is day 122 of Nikki not buying anything from my online store. So can we harass Nikki MGTV in the chat and remind him to go to scuttlebuttshow.com, check out all the merch and buy something? Because uh, you know he would really like my t-shirts and look good in a lot of them too. We would love to say that we could see Nikki MGTV on one of his videos rocking one of my shirts. What does the Blue Jackets manual say about stealing? It says that that person, those people do not have any honor, courage, and commitment at all whatsoever. But luckily, because of Justin out there, we're going to get back to honor, courage, and commitment here in a second. What's going on in the chat? Let's see, we got a private would have gotten 45, 45 extra duty half months pay times due, 100%. This story brought me back to our old convo, must have left his name in the old shoes. Oh, imagine if he had his name stenciled in the old shoes. That would be amazing. Let's see, you should get Stu on for an interview. I would love to. I should hit him up on LinkedIn. Uh, lots of red flags here. Yep. How are they roommates? Oh my God. Yep. How are they roommates? Marine1316. Hey, Nikki, subscriber here. Marine1316, I see you have a membership thing here. Uh, next to your name, did did somebody just change their name here? Is this uh, is is this R. Kunkel, Marine thirteen sixteen? Who is this? Who is Marine thirteen sixteen? Welcome to the chat. If you're new, um, but I feel like it's somebody who just changed their name, and I just probably added your identity. 
Let's see. Command Climate Survey says... Not good. Aren't there like psych personality tests for guys trying to get in with uh, a gun and tanks and stuff? <laughs> Nikki, you love space. Get the one Max is wearing right now. Yes, very much. Absolutely. Um, cool. Got you. Got you, Marine 1316. Um, so one more story here today, guys, and then we'll be on squad in about an hour after we get off the show here. So stay tuned for that. We'll be playing squad today. We got to get Nikki MGTV on squad. Uh, he's got the game. He needs to come join the Scuttlebutt squad. So where are you at? Um, let's see. We have got one more story here. Oh, Nikki MGTV just became a member of the channel as a shellback. What a great honor. What an incredible honor to have Nikki as a member. That's amazing. Nikki, thank you so much. That is truly humbling. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's what I'm talking about. That's good stuff right there. That puts a smile on my face. I'm going to the Marine Corps ball tonight with an extra pep in my step because Nikki MGTV just became a shellback on the Scuttlebutt show. That's what I'm talking about. Nikki, are you a shellback in real life? Let me know. Let's get to this last story so we can get you guys on your way, knowing everything you need to know about the military from the deck plates, from me, the Scuttlebutt show myself. We've got U.S. Air Force team rescues man having heart attack on board cargo ship in the Indian Ocean. Bravo Zulu. A U.S. Air Force team based in Africa rescued a British citizen who had suffered a heart attack on board an American cargo ship in the Indian Ocean this weekend, according to the U.S. military. I feel like this would have been a uh, this would have been a Navy rescue right here, a good Navy rescue, but the Air Force had to step in. The Warfighting Recovery Network received an urgent request on Saturday for a mariner experiencing symptoms of a heart attack on a U.S. flag cargo ship in the Indian Ocean, about 500 nautical miles off the coast of Kenya, a press release from U.S. AFRICOM said. After the urgent call, a team of five U.S. Air Force pararescuemen, the best in the business, were deployed. They flew an aircraft to reach the man on the ship in the middle of the ocean. Once they reached the cargo ship, they rappelled down the ship and stabilized them. Even a badass entry right there, rappelling down. The pararescuemen stayed on board the ship overnight Saturday to keep the man stable as the cargo ship moved closer to the Africa shoreline so that they could get him. I don't know why they wouldn't fly him in, but... I guess they decided to sail them in. Once it was closer to the shore, two helicopter aircrafts called Super Pumas flew the man and the pararescuemen to Manda Bay Airfield in Kenya. After they made it to the airfield, a separate aircraft, a DHC-8 airplane, transported the man to a hospital in Nairobi where he is doing well. And U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant, which is an E-7, Trevor Clark said, I am so proud of my team for their part. U.S. Major General Gregory Anderson, U.S. AFRICOM Director of Operations, said the distance in Africa can make rescue operations like this difficult, but that is why the Warfighter Recovery Network works together to help in these situations. The tyranny of distance in Africa cannot be overstated, especially during life-threatening medevac situations. Yeah, they could have been alone out there, far from help, out there in the middle of the, uh, of the sea. While the primary mission of Warfighter Recover Network is to rescue our military personnel during operations in Africa, its robustness allows for unique missions like this. I didn't even know about the Warfighter Recovery Network, but it's really great that they're out there. We're all grateful for the pilots, crews, medics, and rescue professionals and the courage they demonstrate to help anyone under duress. So shout out to the Air Force there. Big bravo Zulu to them. Drop them a super legit from the ceiling because they are super legit for going out and making that rescue. They're just some of the best out there at that, you know, at pararescue, at flying in, getting somebody the aid that they need and getting them to a higher level of care. Absolute badasses. And uh, and I had to highlight that before we get off the show today. So let's go. 
Let's see. What time is the Marine Corps ball? Uh, 1800 my time. We could use a corpsman in our squad, Sam says. Absolutely. Nikki MGTV, let's get you in the squad. I better get a shellback cert from you. I'm not a shellback, sadly. I'll have to send you a, a, a scuttlebutt shellback certification. We pulling out shellback cards. Corporal, are you a shellback? I think, you're, I think I remember you saying you are. You guys take a picture together at the ball, but share on here because I don't have social media. Roger that. I'll do that. I, I will definitely do that. Air Force, my bad. Time to get Instagram MC. That's awesome. Glad they were in the neighborhood. 500 nautical miles must have been five hours. Not easy for chopper pilots. Absolutely. Uh, Sark's greater than PJ's. Well, I'm not even going to go into that fight on here. Um, let's see. That's a good question. Sark or PJ? Well, it depends where you're at, what you need. I have Discord, but I couldn't find you guys. Oh, no. The link, the link works for everybody else. I don't know. So with all that being said, guys, that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Nikki, absolutely Thank you so much for becoming a member. Thank you, Green Block and MC, for the Super Chats today. Thank you guys for getting me through Hump Day out here. It's a long week of crazy stories, and we've got more coming later. Please join us in about an hour for getting on squad and rocking some fools with the Scuttlebutt squad. We have gotten some really good teamwork going on. We have a really good group of people. If you want to join us, you just got to get the game squad and then be available when we're playing. So we'll be on there in about, about an hour, like I said. I've got the Marine Corps ball tonight. Stay tuned for uh, pictures. And I might not be in the best shape tomorrow when you see me, but that's for tomorrow's. That's tomorrow me's problem. We'll deal with that when the time comes. With all that being said, I look forward to talking to you all very soon. And for now, that's the scuttlebutt.